Welcome to the Dauntless Grace Exchange. I'm Megan. And I'm Deidre. And today's conversation is on the subject of prayer. Um, I actually was wondering how to introduce it because I feel like calling it the subject of prayer would be kind of like saying the subject of me talking to my friend or the subject of the things I should get up and do every morning when I wake up. I don't know. It feels like weird. And I think that that shows you a little bit about my mindset about it and why I've struggled with it as a daily discipline in my own life. It's like, it's a thing I need to do. And it's like a thing I need to learn. And it's a thing that is expected of me. And so it feels a little bit of an obligation in terms of like my daily devotional time or something like that. I've always struggled with that. It, it didn't feel authentic in that way. Wait, I don't know. What do you think? Well, I think that's funny. And I think we actually have the same struggle with it, but for two, two completely different reasons, because, you know, for me, if prayer is like a task to check off every day, well, you know how I feel about task lists. Like they, those feel overwhelming to me. Like, oh my gosh, now there's this, something hanging over my head. I haven't gotten it done. So just as a doing repressed Enneagram for um, tasks, just kind of feel overwhelming, especially when it's a daily thing. I don't feel like I can put it off, but if it doesn't go in the right time slot, then it doesn't get done. And I just procrastinate it. And for you as a one putting it into a task list, like that's manageable, but then you're like, but it's not real. It's not, it's not the point of what it is. It needs to be more authentic and relational. And so it's funny that we both kind of reject that idea, but for two totally different reasons. <laughs> yeah. And I also think part of the reason I reject it is, um, I, and the same with Bible reading, I have taken a lot of Bible, like theological courses. I actually was working on that degree at one point. I've taken a ton of seminars and been on lots of retreats where I've really heard the word broken down to Greek and Hebrew and like all of this really in-depth study. And and same with prayer. I've been in some amazing prayer meetings. I we used to When I was growing up, my dad was the pastor and we had Saturday morning prayer at 8 a.m. in his office. I mean, there were some times where there was 40, 50 chairs in that office all packed in together from 8 to 9. And I learned from a pretty young age, what that looked like in a corporate setting. Um, so I'm going to compare this to exercise for me. I was a dance major. So in like high school, I, I danced a lot in our church youth group. And then in college, I actually went on to major in dance. So I was in classroom settings where I was working my body out and being conditioned um, three to five hours a day, like, and sometimes dancing seven days a week, depending on practice schedules and all of that. So because of that, I never got into the discipline of going to a gym and cross training on my own or working out. Cause I felt like I'm in good shape and they're doing like everything, every muscle group needs. It's fine. You know, it was cardio. It was like Pilates. It was yoga. It was all those things. And so I did it in this like corporate setting because I had to show up. That was you know, an obligation. I enjoyed having someone else kind of put me through the paces where it wasn't my, like me getting bored with what I was doing or whatever. And, um, they were sort of like, they knew where I needed to go so I could just follow their direction. And the energy of the room could keep me going, even if I was too tired and would prefer to take a nap, you know? Um, so what I found in exercise was the same thing. When I stopped dancing all the time, I stopped exercising because I hadn't created this discipline to go just do it on my own because I loved the workout or I love the burn. I don't like the burn. I just don't. I, no, like my daughter, she loves the burn. She comes home and she's like, I had the best workout. Everything's just on fire. It's so good. And I'm like, I've never said that in my life. I don't want it to hurt. Right. I just don't, I don't want to sweat. I don't like sweating. Like just, I don't. And so going to the gym just for exercise sake seems like the worst awful punishment ever. And so I kind of got to that way with my own Bible reading and prayer time. Cause it felt like it wasn't this grand thing that I had experienced. 
and some, and I didn't have the obligation of showing up for other people and someone else wasn't leading me and where we were going on this. So just to rely on my own, um, need for like discovery of the word or my own desire to just set aside time to hear from God felt unproductive. I guess that's the word I would use. I I do things to be productive because I am a one and that's like what, what motivates me. Mm -hmm. And it felt like if it wasn't going to be super productive, then it was a waste of time. And that sounds terrible. Like, oh my gosh, why are you guys even listening to us right now? I have obviously nothing to offer on this subject. I just completely disqualified myself. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and just a side note, we're not going to end on this. Like, I don't believe that Bible reading and prayer is unproductive, but I'm just trying to give you like my mindset. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. So I, again, exact opposite of you when it comes to corporate prayer, I didn't grow up in all the trainings and the teachings and the seminars. And so corporate prayer was something like there was kind of a right way to do it and a wrong way to do it. And it wasn't like multilingual. There wasn't like a lot of different ways to practice corporate prayer. It was like, here's popcorn prayer time. Who's going to pray out loud or who's going to start and who's going to finish and go around the circle and, you know, that kind of stuff. And so when, even as a young adult, like I remember leading a small group in my youth group for the first time. And I was like, oh my gosh, they're going to expect me to pray out loud for them. Or like, we're going to have all the prayer time and I'm going to have to like open and close it, you know? And I remember, I mean, I was like 21 years old, maybe leading a prayer group and, or a small group. And I thought, I don't know how to pray out loud for these kids, but that's terrifying to me. What if I sound dumb or what if I don't use the right words or I trip over what I'm saying? And um, I still kind of have that fear of praying publicly or even just praying in front of you sometimes. I'm like, I don't sound very knowledgeable. I don't pepper it with scripture verses and all this stuff. And so I avoided corporate prayer for that reason. And I found it actually easier to engage with God on my own because it didn't feel like I wasn't doing it right. It didn't feel like I didn't know how to do it because it was just me and God kind of having a conversation. And so even though I wasn't super diligent, even as a teen or young adult and making it a, like a rigorous daily practice, it felt more natural to me than trying to figure out how to do it when there were people around. Yeah. And for me, I had been on a stage with a microphone in my hand since I was in like junior high. Well, honestly, I was probably singing solos when I was in grade school. So to be somewhere where the people are faceless And yet I'm, so it's not very intimate. And yet I know how to do this. I know how to do this. I know what to say. I know how to pray. I know how to be passionate. (laughs) I'm I'm just passionate all the time about everything. Um, So it was just a weird dichotomy for me to be alone with him. It felt really stripped down and bare. and, um, And I think, you know, someone that doesn't understand, like, isn't wired the way I am would be like, oh, that's very pharisaical of you because you can do it in front of people and, you know, all this. It was, it was really true. And it was, I was, I was really feeling the things I would feel that none of that was like, I was on a stage to perform. It wasn't necessarily what I'm saying, but coming into the like deeper wounds of who I am to be really bare and stripped down is frightening to me. I don't want to be seen for that because I am afraid, like, basically what was going to happen is if he would show up in this moment, he's going to see how awful I am. He's going to see how shameful I am. And then what if he rejects me in that place? At least out here, I look good, you know? Wow. I thought we were going to kind of have fun with this. And I just started crying. (laughs) I'm I'm kind of laughing about this because I was like, God already knows how messed up and awful I am. So I can have this conversation with him. But if I try to do it in front of other people, now they're going to see it too. So complete different reasons again, always the opposite, but, um, so yeah, when I, prayer is just one of those things. I remember, I guess some of my earliest memories of just lying in my bed at night when I was a little kid and just telling God about my day. Like, I just remember doing that and just doing it out loud. And um, 
it felt more like I just I used to do it to my cat too, so I'm not sure I knew how spiritual it was. But I just like to talk to people, um, so I would tell my cat about my day, and then I would go to bed and tell God about my day, and neither of them could answer back. So I guess maybe I didn't know the difference in my head at that point in time. But it just felt like I just need someone to listen because I need to sort out my own thoughts about my day, and that's just kind of where my prayer journey I think started. And then I got to high school, and they were like well, you need to have your quiet time every day. And then it became a task. And that's when I kind of started to reject that because that felt really overwhelming. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think for me, the turning point was later in my life. Um, well, later, I wouldn't want to say it was my late twenties, I guess it was about 27 or so. And um, I had gotten really primed by God to understand what wounds were, were he wanted to deal with and what he really wanted to touch. But I had been frustrated because for a few years I had this awareness of things that I knew I needed to let him into and things I knew I needed to allow him to fix. But I still was kind of keeping him at arm's bay just a little bit because I knew it was going to hurt. I don't know. Like, you know, it's like you, you need to have surgery, but like who wants to do that? But, you know, it's necessary. So I was kind of in that phase for about three years. And um, I, so I was aware of the problem. I didn't really want to quite deal with it. And I went on a missions trip. We were actually in Panama. I know I've told you this story a million times, but um, it was a smaller group than we normally took for these types of missions trips where we did like worship conferences. And so I would teach dance and we'd have these big worship times together. There was a couple hundred people that would come. It was just so amazing. Like God just always showed up. But this trip, there was just a few of us that went because for some reason, other people didn't have those dates available. So we just had a couple of us and we all went into one of the guy's hotel rooms that night because it was more like a suite. So there was like couches and a bigger space to have like a, a recap devotional with just the team. And I think maybe there was eight or nine of us there. And, um, like I was exhausted. It took a lot for me to get out the door. I think Leela, my youngest at the time was like just a little over a year. I remember I had to wean her that year to go on that trip. And, and then, you know, hope was like two and a half and Colt was four or whatever. And it just felt like it took a lot to just get out the door and get on that trip. And then I had been dancing all day and I hadn't really wasn't really back in shape much at that point. Cause like I just had my third baby and wasn't exercising as I've already mentioned very well. So um, <laughs> I'm teaching dance and like really winded and exhausted and it's so hot there. Oh my gosh. It was so hot. I actually, okay. Super random story. I'm sorry. I'm talking so much. Um, I guess the coffee kicked in, but I, this was before smartphones, right? In fact, I, I think I had like a flip phone kind of cell phone then 2000, <laughs> 2005. It was a while ago. And, um, someone had given me, uh, not like a Blackberry, but like a little tablet, like a, like an organizer. What were the, I don't remember what those are called. Like a Palm Pilot. Palm Pilot. Palm Pilot. <laughs> yeah. And I, so I, it was, I was like, I am going to get so organized. Like this is before Google calendar, but it was the predecessor in my life. I was so excited. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I was so excited. And I left it in the hotel room while we were gone <laughs> for the day. And it was, I mean, it was so humid in this place. When I came back, it was ruined. There was like water under the screen just from sitting in that hotel room. When I say it was hot, like I am not even kidding. I've never experienced because we were like in the city. There was maybe sometimes there was an air conditioning unit, but it didn't work well. I mean, it was it was so ridiculous. Everything was concrete and hot and 150 percent humidity, if that's a thing. Sounds miserable. 100 percent. But also the fact that your organizer got ruined on this like day you're about to share this story I feel like it might be a metaphor okay shut up Megan (laughs) I've actually never thought about that before but whoa like foreshadowing (laughs) 
I'll tell your story now. So, okay. So yeah, so we're doing all this stuff. I'm exhausted. I'm tired. And you know, I'm like, gosh, I just want to go to bed. I don't want to go to another devotional. Like we've all, we've all prayed together to get here. We've all been in worship all day. Do we have to have another prayer meeting at midnight when we have to get up at six tomorrow? Like seriously, like that's kind of my thoughts. So everyone's just like laying there, like we're all tired, whatever. We're going to sing a song, say a prayer and go to our beds, you know, and the power of God just showed up. I mean, it, it flattened us. We stayed in that space for three hours and no one was talking. It's not like someone was preaching or someone was praying. There was just this holy stillness in the room that I have never had again, even since at that kind of level. And um, I remember just laying, I don't even know how I got to the ground. It's not like I just passed out or anything. I was probably sitting there, but I just laid on the floor and it was this cold ceramic floor because they didn't have carpet because the humidity ruined the carpet. And uh, I could just feel the tears falling down my face where they were like pulling in my ears, you know, that lovely feeling when you're laying down crying. And I didn't even care. I was like, I just could feel the weight of his presence. And I knew for the first time in my life, and I'd been a Christian my whole life. I mean, I gave my heart to the Lord when I was like four, uh, I officially, you know, that I remember saying that prayer and I had served in the church and I'd grown up with pastors as parents. But for the first time in my life, I knew that the presence of Jesus was just in the same space as me, which is weird. Cause like he lives in our hearts, right? We know that the Holy spirit is within us, but like, I, I knew he was there. Mm. Is that bizarre. Are we going to freak people out sharing no. the testimony? That's awesome. I mean, he'd already destroyed your organizer and now he was coming in to kind of wreck your kind of belief of him. <laughs> it, it did. And it, it disrupted time. Like none of us, when we looked at the clock later, we're like, oh my gosh, it's been three hours. It was just crazy. And what I felt like he kept saying to me was draw near to me. That's just over and over again. I just heard him say, are you like, are you ready? Draw near to me. Like it's safe. It wasn't a command. It wasn't even so much of a request. It was more just like open arms. I'm here and there's a grace for you to come now. And we're not in a rush. We're not in a hurry. There's no expectations. There's no words you have to pray to get you here. It's not like if you say this, this, and this, it moves you magically closer to me. It was just like he was present and I could be present if I just trusted in that moment. That I woke up from that, not woke up, I wasn't asleep, but you know, I got up from that moment really radically changed in my journey with the Lord. And I don't know that we all need that kind of moment to have more depth in our prayer, but it changed the way. It, it took away the fear of being vulnerable to yeah. him. It also took away the task, you know, view of it because it wasn't like you said it's relational. And so it was just enough to just sit there and be in his presence and you didn't have to talk. And, you know, we, when we're with our husbands or with each other or with our kids, like sometimes it's just enough to sit there with them and we don't have to have a conversation. We're just sharing space together. And you I think, think that. I, I'm uncomfortable with silence. I feel the silence with not a lot. No, when you and I are together, you don't always have to fill it with silence. Like we figure out ways to just be in each other's presence sometimes without having to talk. I mean, and You're you right. do that with yeah. Paul too. Um, but I, yeah, so that's going to be a little bit more natural inclination maybe for me than for you. But I think God was meeting you there to just say, let's hang out for the next three hours and you don't have to say anything and you're not doing anything to meet me, but I'm just here with you. Yeah. Yep. And to even be unaware of a clock is like crazy for me. I am, I, I mean, I get stressed out if I have to sit in a parking lot waiting for my kids longer than I expected to. Cause I'm like, there's so many other productive things I could be doing. Why am I just sitting here wasting time? You're like, that's just that voice. <laughs> I don't know. Like <laughs> could do this all day. <laughs> I don't know what that was. <laughs> awesome. It was my frustrated, like move it along. <laughs> 
it should just be noted now that I don't do other voices. I don't or do accents. I don't do sound effects. They are all just a hot mess and I shouldn't even try. Uh, all of my accents sound Jamaican. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. That was from friends that Joey, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I got it. <laughs> Total non sequitur there. Um, no, I think that's a beautiful turning point. Um, I don't know if I have a moment that's quite that powerful or definitive for me, but I remember reading the scripture, or maybe I heard a teaching on the scripture of, of the Apostle Paul saying that he, I think it was him, maybe it was John, that he prays without ceasing. Mm. Um, couldn't tell you right now with a reference, so we're really, really good at you know Bible teaching right now over this podcast, but um, there's a scripture where they just said, pray without ceasing. And I thought, well, first of all, that sounded impossible, right? Because I can barely find 10 minutes to pray every day. And then I was like, my brain is moving all day long. I'm having imaginary conversations in my head with everybody I know, whether I'm having a real conversation with them or not. My imagination is still living out this other life sometimes. Um, Why can't I ever channel that into just prayers? And so it just became a little bit more natural that when I'm in the shower, I spend a lot of time in prayer there. When I'm in the car, I spend a lot of time in prayer there. When I'm just in stress mode or cleaning or working, I can, some you know, if I'm have to be aware of it. I'm not saying it happens all that often, but I can take my thoughts and just re, re, um, oh my gosh, I'm going to say capitulate. Is that a word? Is that what I mean it to be? I don't think it's the word you're looking for in this situation. I don't know what it means, but like redirecting. Yeah. That's just, that's not as fun of a word, but (laughs) kind of redirecting those into just a conversation with God. And so it just almost became more natural to be like, Jesus, like, Mm -hmm. like, I don't even have the words, but you're hearing the thoughts in my brain. Like, help me, like, sort through those for me. Help me sort through those. And uh, I don't know, that, it kind of, there was a little freedom in that, right? Where it didn't have to become this checklist, like, okay, now I've spent my 15 minutes and I can move on. Like, it just became like, maybe God can be that voice in my head that I'm always talking to. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you said just a minute ago, we don't have the scripture verse and this isn't like a Bible teaching. We had, we're, That wasn't the purpose of today's conversation. We're both just kind of sharing our journey and what prayer has looked like in our lives. Um, we do have guests coming on the next couple of episodes that are really really well-versed in a lot of scripture and they're going to share a lot and they're going to talk a little bit about different kinds of prayer because there Mm -hmm. is personal private prayer. There is um, devotional type of prayer when you're on your own with the Lord. And then there are those corporate prayer or those intercessory prayers where you're taking on the burden of someone else who needs you to carry them in that season. So there are different things. There's a lot of teaching that could be said on this topic, but we just wanted to be real today to say like, we've both journeyed probably where a lot of you are right now with struggling with how to incorporate this as part of our relationship with the Lord as a Christian woman and what that looks like in the day to day. Um, So I would encourage you to listen the next few weeks, if you would like some more actual tools and other, other people's testimonies. So there is um, some women that are coming on that have really journeyed through this walk and have found prayer to be an anchor and a source of life for them. And they have answered prayers that are testimonies that they hold on to. Yeah. And even just their stories about how prayer can be used in spiritual warfare. And I remember hearing that term for the first time, maybe in high school or college and being like immediately intrigued, like, what does this mean? And so when I learned about prayer and as a, as a weapon, sometimes that felt really intriguing to me. Like, I want to do that. I want to use it that way. And I don't think the only way prayer is meant to be, we're talking a lot right now about prayer being relational with God and prayer being, you know, capturing our thoughts for him and all of that. But um, prayer as a spiritual warfare weapon is mm-hmm. so powerful too. And I think that is really one of the main things that I've learned over the last 10, 15 years is kind of how to use it um, 
as intercession, as on my own behalf or on behalf of others in my household for my kids, that kind of thing. And, and so I I love hearing um, some of these other women talk about that tool as well. Yeah. So stay tuned. It's going to be a good series. We're going to keep talking about prayer and we're hoping that we just keep talking about what it looks like to give into the grace that God has for us every time, every season, it doesn't matter what the subject is and uh, just call us all to that more meaningful place with him. And I also want to just let everyone know that I did just Google what recapitulate means and it doesn't mean anything like I was trying to say it meant. And sometimes I use words that I don't know what they mean. And more often than that, I use words I don't know how to pronounce. So we'll just lay the groundwork for that for future podcasts. You sounded really smart for a second though. Well, thanks. Until everybody was like, that's not what that meant. (laughs) (laughs) On that note, (laughs) see you next week. And that wraps up another episode of the Dauntless Grace Exchange. You can follow us on social media to stay connected. We are on Instagram at Dauntless Grace Ministries. Our Facebook page is Dauntless Grace. And you can join the conversation in our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash team DGM. For more about the Enneagram, visit our website at dauntlessgrace.org for coaching and training opportunities. And you can follow me on Instagram at Enneagram Megan. And be sure to check out our website for more information about today's podcast at dauntlessgrace.org.